today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. You got guys today, you got many Shemaiahs alive and well today. You got many Hananiahs alive and well today that are teaching and preaching and even prophesying falsely and causing people to believe and be deceived and trust in a lie because it's so much more palatable and it's really kind of what their ears are itching to hear. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Varag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Jeremiah. We live in a world of technology. Everything we could ever wish to read is right at our fingertips. However, we know everything is not always truthful. Today, Pastor J.D. is talking about how in today's day and age, God's word is the only source of truth. We must continue to go back to his word for that firm foundation. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Jeremiah chapter 29 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. God's prophetic plan will always prevail even when the difficult circumstances make it seem impossible. Oh, I think we'd so err greatly when we look at our God through the lens of our circumstances. And even worse than that, we interpret the circumstances, the difficulties in our lives through that same lens. So in other words, where I'm at right now, what I'm struggling with and what I'm going through seems to override what God's promises to me. We oftentimes interpret, I should say misinterpret, those trials in our lives as we must be out of God's will. I mean, yeah, maybe God's mad at me. Okay, He's not mad at me, but I'm surely not in God's will. Otherwise, I wouldn't be in the middle of this trial. You can be right smack in the middle of the trial of your life and actually be right smack in the middle of God's will for your life. Stop interpreting the circumstances in your life that way. Don't look at your God through your circumstances. Look at your circumstances through your God. See, what happens is when you focus on the issues, the struggles, the trials, the difficulties, they just get bigger and bigger and bigger. And in so doing, God gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And that's just the way the mind works. We just have this incredible ability to take something and just, I mean, make it so perilous. I mean, we're really good at it. It's the what ifs. You know what I'm talking about? You take that situation, you start forwarding it, fast forwarding it, and what if, and what if, and what if, and oh no, and God's like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Is there, <laughs> I mean, you've, you've made this thing just so big now, and I'm over here going, hello, remember me? 
And you start looking at your God, and all of a sudden those circumstances become smaller. And your God becomes bigger. It's Philippians 4.8 actually, think on these things. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. They've actually done brain scans and shown where that you are what you think. Now please, uh, this is not a positive confession thing. But that parts of the brain, when you're not thinking on things that are pure and righteous and of a good report and things that glorify God and the Word of God, that part of the brain, it just turns gray. And then when you're meditating on the Word of God, the brain just starts sending all the right messages. That's the brain center. That's the message center to the entire body. And it changes everything. And our problem is, is that when we're going through a trial, is that those circumstances just overpower. They overpower everything. And I think we would do well to say to our circumstances, you sit down and shut up. Yeah, I said shut up. Don't email me, please. I get enough emails anyway. Just sit down and stop talking. Is that better? That's more sanctified, I guess, more pastoral. You just sit down and stop talking. Because I I stopped listening to you. I'm going to listen to the Word of the Lord. Because faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. But fear comes by hearing that. No wonder I'm crippled in fear. No wonder I'm filled with anxiety. I'm listening to that? No, just stop talking. That's enough. In fact, you know what? Leave the room, actually. Leave the room. And don't let the door hit you on the way out. In fact, I'm locking the door. You can't come back in. You are not allowed on the premises of my mind and my heart. Okay, I feel better now. Verse 15. Because you have said... The Lord has raised up prophets for us in Babylon. Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the king who sits on the throne of David, concerning all the people who dwell in this city, and concerning your brethren who have not gone out with you into captivity. Thus says the Lord of hosts, verse 17, Behold, I will send on them the sword, the famine, and the pestilence, and will make them like rotten figs. Remember chapter 24? Rotten figs that cannot be eaten, they are so bad. Do you know what's happening here? Well, it would seem that these false prophets that were there in their midst in Babylon were deceiving these captives into believing that those that were still in Judah were better off. Now stay with me. They're captive now in Babylon, but their uncles and aunties and brothers, <laughs> and they're still in Jerusalem. They're like, what's up with this? That's not fair. And so Jeremiah's got to address it. And again, it's like he's saying, stop listening to them. Don't be deceived by them. Because apparently it sounds like they're telling you, yeah, you guys are the bad figs, because you got taken captive. And those guys there in Judah, man, they're just, (laughs) they're laughing, going, nah, 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 you got taken captive, and here we are in Judah. Actually, 
You don't want to still be there. And you know why? Because the Lord is going to send the sword, the famine, the pestilence. So you might want to rethink that. You're there captive in Babylon. Remember what Jeremiah, by the word of the Lord, prophesied and said to them? Don't fight this. You're going to be under the yoke of the king of Babylon. You want to live? You go to Babylon and you're captive in Babylon for 70 years. You want to die? Fight it or try to stay in Jerusalem. So here's these guys in Jerusalem, the brethren in Jerusalem, thinking, hey, we're still here. You know, God's dealing with them over there. They're taken captive in Babylon. Lord, when you're done, let me know. We'll be here in Jerusalem. You know where to find us. You know our address. Uh, Actually, no, you won't. I wonder, they needed to hear this too, right? Because they're asking those questions. Why do we get taken captive and they didn't? Oh, that's why. I'm good now. Never mind. Sorry I asked. I'm good here. I'll just stay here. I'm going to buy a house now, actually, because (laughs) I'm not going to rent anymore. I'm going to start planning the wedding now. We're going to have grandchildren. Yeah. Verse 18, right? (laughs) Yeah, we're good. Thank you. Thank you for being so gracious to me, by the way. And I will pursue them with the sword, with famine, and with pestilence, and I will deliver them to trouble among all the kingdoms of the earth to be a curse, an astonishment, a hissing, and a reproach among all the nations where I have driven them, because, verse 19, they have not heeded my words, says the Lord, which I sent to them by my servants the prophets, rising up early and sending them, neither would you heed, says the Lord. This almost reads verbatim like chapter 24, with that parable of the rotten figs, the good figs and the bad figs. Verse 20, Therefore, hear the word of the Lord, all you of the captivity, whom I have sent from Jerusalem to Babylon. Thus says the Lord of hosts, verse 21, the God of Israel, concerning Ahab, the son of Koliah. Now this is not King Ahab, that wicked king. This is another guy that is named after him. That's called cruel parents. Oh, you got a boy. Let's name him Ahab. No, don't name him Ahab. So this is another guy, same name, and Zedekiah, the son of Maaseiah, who prophesy a lie to you in my name. Behold, I will deliver them into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and he shall slay them before your eyes. This is one of those places in God's Word when (laughs) there are words on the pages of our Bible or on the screens of our device, But this actually happened. So you got these uh, guys, Ahab and Zedekiah, they're false prophets, and they're prophesying a lie to the people, and God's going to have them killed. Okay, have a nice evening. (laughs) 
In other words, those in captivity there that are listening to these guys day in and day out, every day, all day, every night, all night, lie to them and tell them this prophecy, this word that contradicts the word of God. God says, no, I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. Verse 22, and because of them, a curse shall be taken up by all the captivity of Judah who are in Babylon, saying, the Lord make you like Zedekiah and Ahab, whom the king of Babylon roasted in the fire. Ooh. This is the same furnace that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would go into, only they would not be roasted. Uh, these are roasted prophets, I guess. And this king of Babylon, by the way, I'm just, you know, saying, just a thought, I think he was a like a pyromaniac. He just had this thing for fire, I guess. I don't know. But this became now a, a saying at that time. Verse, <laughs> is that too much? Okay. It's so verse 23. Let's keep moving. Because they have done disgraceful things in Israel, have committed adultery with their neighbor's wives, and have spoken lying words in my name, which I have not commanded them. Indeed I know and am a witness, says the Lord. Now that's an interesting detail, again easily missed at first read. You may not have known about this, but I did. Oh, they were uh, doing a pretty good job of doing this behind the scenes, but I saw everything. You may have never witnessed it, but I witnessed everything, says the Lord. Verse 24. Now, this gets very interesting. We're going to be introduced to another guy here. You shall also speak to Shemaiah, the Nehalamite, saying, verse 25, Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, saying, you have sent letters in your name to all the people who are at Jerusalem, to Zephaniah, the son of Maaseiah, the priest, and to all the priests, saying, The Lord has made you priests instead of Jehoiada, the priest, so that there should be officers in the house of the Lord over every man, listen very carefully, who is demented and considers himself a prophet. Hmm, I wonder who he's talking about that you shall put him in prison and in the stocks. Now therefore, verse 27, why have you not rebuked Jeremiah of Anathoth, who makes himself a prophet to you? For he has sent to us in Babylon, saying, This captivity is long. Build houses and dwell in them, and plant gardens and eat their fruit. Really? Wow, who is this guy? He's not our friend. He's sure not Jeremiah's friend. Apparently, the Shemaiah had sent out some emails to oppose, discredit, rebuke, decommission, and even imprison Jeremiah. Why? Because he's lost his mind saying the things he's saying? Why haven't you deprofited him? <laughs> Make him a non-prophet prophet or something, rebuke him. 
Why are you letting him do this? Clearly, he's lost his mind. Have you listened to what he's been saying? He even sent a letter to everyone here telling them, we're going to be here for 70 years to buy houses and plant vineyards and gardens and dwell in them. He's lost his mind. He's out of his mind. Why don't you do something about it? Why haven't you done something about it? I'm not angry. Isn't this interesting? Excuse me, Shemaiah. Uh, he's speaking the truth. And you think he's out of his mind? Because of what he's saying? It's the Word of God. He's preaching the Word. The Word of truth in season and out of season. Oh, I know what your problem is. See, you're telling people what their ears are itching to hear. Two years tops. Oh, I want to hear that. But, excuse me, Shemaiah, I, I, I love you, man, but, you know, Jeremiah's over here telling us it's going to be 70 years. Yeah, I know. I've already sent an email. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get him taken care of and imprisoned. And, I mean, he's at, that's crazy, man. No way. He's out of his mind. Clearly he's lost his mind. He's got dementia, early onset dementia. Verse 29. Now, this is, I love God's Word, man. I love God's Word. Now, you got, please picture this scene now, right? This is a letter. And now Zephaniah, we're told, verse 29, the priest read this letter in the hearing of Jeremiah the prophet. Now, picture the scene. You're there, right? And here's Zephaniah. He's like, hey, Jeremiah, come here. You got a minute? Obviously, you were not copied in this email from Shemaiah. You want, you want me to read it to you and tell you what it says? Yeah, sure, why not? Shemaiah, right? Yeah, I already know what it says, but go ahead. That's fine. Read it to me. <laughs> so he reads it to him. Then, verse 30, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Thank you, Lord, that your word comes at times like that, saying, verse 31, send to all those in captivity, saying, Thus says the Lord concerning Shemaiah, the Nehelamite. Uh-oh. Because Shemaiah has prophesied to you, and I have not sent him, and here it is again, he has caused you to trust in a lie. Therefore, thus says the Lord, behold, I will punish Shemaiah the Nehelamite and his family. He shall not have anyone to dwell among this people, nor shall he see the good that I will do for my people, says the Lord, because he has taught rebellion against the Lord. Um, if this is reminiscent of the guy we were introduced to in the previous chapters, the Hananiah guy, who basically did the same thing, that's because it should. He did the same thing. 
Uh, before we partake together of communion, I want to mention one thing that I think we would do well to take note of. It's kind of a takeaway here, I think. You've got guys today, you've got many Shemaiahs alive and well today. You've got many Hananiahs alive and well today that are teaching and preaching and even prophesying falsely and causing people to believe and be deceived and trust in a lie because it's so much more palatable and it's really kind of what their ears are itching to hear. But then you've got a handful of Jeremiah's that are still preaching the truth. They're still preaching the Word. And God, in the end, will have the final word in the end. And it does not bode well for the Shemaiahs and the Hananiahs that are doing that. Now, if it were me, I would have liked for it to have been immediately. I, you know, Hananiah was two months. I think it should have been like two minutes. I think it should have been, boom, that's it. Anybody else want to contradict the Word of God? Now's the time. No, I'm good. Shemaiah, we're not told specifically, but what we are told, and this would have been huge, you have to understand, that you, first of all, the good, the future, the hope in the end that I have for you, the plan that I have for you, he ain't going to be there for it. And he's not going to have any descendants, which in that culture, even to this day, is everything. He's not going to have any descendants because he did this. And, and lastly, he taught rebellion. He taught them to trust in a lie, directly opposed in contradiction to the truth. All because you did not want that to be the truth. You wanted the two years from the Shemaiahs to be the truth not the 70 years from the Jeremiah's to be the truth. And so because you did that, I'll have the final word on that. I, To me, it's a great source of encouragement. Many pastors, we're going to again talk about this on Sunday in the prophecy update. The numbers are just breathtaking, if I could be so candid with you pastors that have completely abandoned the Word of God. They don't preach the Word. They don't teach the truth. They don't even believe that Jesus is the only way. They actually teach and believe that you can be a good person and go to heaven. These are pastors. We need look no further than that to why the church is in the condition that it's in today. I mean, the proof is in the pudding, as they say. That's, I mean, no wonder. Well, that explains it. I mean, the pastors don't believe the Word of God. Why would they, why would the people believe the Word of God? There's a famine of the Word of God in the land. And it's the Shemaiahs and the Hananiahs that are at the helm of it. But God, you'll have the final word. They won't get away with it. They won't get away with it. 
We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. The book of Jeremiah is one of those books that's not the easiest to walk through in the Old Testament. It's almost like you see the train wreck that's up ahead and you want to warn them, but they just don't listen. Then you have other verses in this book that are commonly claimed, but what does it really mean in the context of what's going on? Jeremiah 29 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. But if you're looking at the train wreck up ahead, you wonder, how does claiming that verse fit with exile and judgment? Ultimately, God's plan and purpose are to bring people back to himself in reliance and dependence on him, not in their own possessions or their comfort. The same could be said for you today. You may be going through something that seems like judgment or exile, but are you drawing closer to the Lord in the process? There's a future and a hope, but it may play out differently than you'd like. If you're just getting into this study and want to listen to other teachings from Jeremiah, go to calvarychapelkaneohe.com to find these messages. There are a variety of additional resources on our website. Until we meet again, we encourage you to dive deep into God's Word and then come back for our next edition where Pastor J.D. will continue on in the book of Jeremiah. We look forward to that time with you here on In Spirit and Truth.